you ever had a moment in your life when you knew nothing would ever be the same as it once was? Of course you, of course you do. We all have those moments where something changes. Something life-changing happens. And the future is no longer as we expected it would be. It has found its way off of its predictable course. In our text this morning, there's some stuff that's going on behind what we've heard. We get to see the good part. We get to see the resolution. We get to see the hope as the angelic messenger comes into Zechariah and Elizabeth's life and gives them good news. But for Zechariah and Elizabeth, there wasn't always good news. There wasn't always hope. They've lived many years now, but think back to a time in their earlier lives, a time before they had come to grips with their reality, the reality that they would likely never bear children. There was a time, there was a a moment where their life ceased to be as they anticipated that it would be. That moment where after trying and trying many, many years and hoping for a family and hoping for a future, they came to the realization that the family and the future that they wanted and anticipated having wouldn't come to fruition. Can you imagine what that day was like? Can you imagine what it's like to, to go from having your whole future planned out and then coming gradually to the realization that it's not going to be quite as you anticipated it would be? And so they resigned themselves for years and years with the reality that they would not bear children. Many, many of us have moments such as these. Moments, instances where what happened before represents a different time. And what we hoped would come doesn't end up arriving. These instances, they come in in many shapes and forms. Sometimes this takes the form of a new job. Right? We... Uh, change jobs, or perhaps a, a vocation change occurs, or perhaps we suddenly find ourselves in a, in a season that we hadn't anticipated being in, a season of uncertainty, a season of anxiety. To be sure, Elizabeth and Zachariah were in a season, a season of perhaps uncertainty. In our world right now, we live in a sort of season and culture of fear. It's a a great tactic that we see used all the time. It, It motivates people. It gets people to do things. We can turn on the news and we're afraid. And we read the newspaper and there's fear. And it's a force that we encounter frequently. It's a force that we encounter frequently. And yet, the angelic message throughout Scripture, whether it's in the Gospels 
with Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and the shepherds, or even in the Old Testament, the first words that come out of the angel's mouth for whatever reason, maybe it's because the, the presence and power of an angel is so overwhelming, but the first words that always come out are, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. This is not God's will. This is not God's hope for God's people to be grounded in fear or existing in fear. And yet, there are times when we still find ourselves afraid or fearful. Fearful about what is to come, what we don't know is coming. I remember a time very vividly in my life where I was fearful of of the future. I shared with you all a couple of weeks ago about the loss of our daughter Lucy and how devastating that was for us. But what was equally devastating were the following days after that. Those days were uncertain. Those days were terrifying. Um, you, you go from, and those of you who have lost your children know this, you go from knowing what your future is going to be or thinking what it's going to be to having part of that future just completely stripped away from you. And you find yourself in this place where you don't know where you're going. There is an, an existential crisis that occurs within you. And it's devastating. And it causes despair. And I remember for me, it was, it was so significant that I actually became suicidal and needed to be hospitalized for it. Thanks be to God, I experienced healing there. But our lives are, can be so unpredictable. The seasons that we can find ourselves in. The things and changes that happen can be so, so unpredictable. And yet there's hope. Despite all of the difficulty and despite all the fear that we see, there's always hope. There's always hope for God's people. We see it in the story this morning with Zechariah and Elizabeth. How many years, oh my goodness, how many years did they long for a child? Eventually reconcile themselves that they're not going to have a child. And then out of nowhere comes angels bringing good news. Not only are you going to have a child, but your child is going to prepare the way for the one and only Messiah that's going to save your people from their sins and bring them out of the darkness that they find themselves in. That's what angels do in Scripture. Angels, they bring good news. And they bring hope. And sometimes they, they guide us in the direction that we need to go. For Elizabeth and Zechariah, they, they reorient their life. They give them a different purpose. I remember when I was in the hospital, I was blessed with angels. I was blessed, blessed with angels as, uh, as roommates who reminded me of the importance of life, who reminded me that God has not done yet. With, with me, despite all of the tragedy and despite all of the heartache that I was experiencing. And 
those two angels did not look exactly like I anticipated them to look. One of them was a struggling drug addict with long hair. <laughs> um, because when you're, when you're on, on that floor, you're there with people who are, are schizophrenic, and you're there with people who are bipolar, and you're there with people who struggle with drug addiction because it's a mental illness. And so I interact with this, this gentleman. And unfortunately, they discover what I do. Right as I'm there, and they discover he is a pastor. And while you think that would be helpful, what happens is people begin to want you to pastor them while you're trying to just heal and recover yourself. And so I'm I'm terrified that he wants to talk to me. But the conversation doesn't go exactly like I thought. He comes up to me and he says, "I know you." And I thought, "Hmm." This is, go, this is not going anywhere good. He says, I know you. I read an article that you wrote in the paper when I lived in Anniston. And I said, oh, you lived in Anniston? He said, yeah. He said, I remember when they were trying to open up that homeless shelter in Anniston, and you wrote an article about it. He said, and that was one of the best articles I had ever read, and it made such a difference in my life. He said, I don't know what you're going through, but whatever you're going through, God's not done with you. And I thought, here I am in UAB, miles and miles from Anniston, and God has sent someone to remind me of the sacredness of life. God sends angels. <laughs> God places messengers in our lives. I would be remiss this morning if I didn't mention one of my favorite Christmas films as we talk about angels. And perhaps it's one of yours as well. But I think it drives home the importance of being aware of the messengers that God places in our world and realizing that we too may be called to be a messenger. I don't know how many of y'all love the Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life. I think it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. And in that, that particular story, we have uh, George Bailey, who is the, um, the owner of Bailey Building and Loan, and they offer loans, low-interest loans, to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford homes. And, and there is this t- push and pull between George Bailey and this old man, Mr. Potter, who's the, who's the banker who everybody doesn't want to go to, but they find themselves having to go to. And something happens to George. Somebody misplaces the deposit at the end of the day before Christmas. And this deposit is going to keep the doors of Bailey Building and Loan open. This pivotal moment in his life causes him to go down a path that he ought not be going down. And so on Christmas Eve, he finds himself on a bridge doing the unth- about to do the unthinkable because he sees no way out from this scenario at this point in his life. And so God sends him a guardian angel. God sends him Clarence. Although he's not a first-class angel because he hasn't yet got his wings. But God sends him an angel, a messenger, to guide him through this moment to bring him to a place where he might have hope in existing 
just once more. And the video clip I'm going to show you picks up this morning after he has come to his senses that life is still worth living. Clarence! Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! Please! I want to live again! I want to live again! Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful Billy and Lone! In jail. Go on home. They're waiting for you. Oh, I hear them coming out. George, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Oh, Daddy. Oh, who's gonna come, Daddy? Who, oh, Daddy? Come in, Uncle Billy. Everybody is here. instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. So they never, they never find the deposit. They never locate it. Uncle Billy, he lost it. He, he's botched the whole thing. But the community comes together and they make sure they have enough money that the Bailey Building and Loan has enough money to keep going. Angels. Each one of the individuals that comes up and offers a portion of what they have so that this organization can move together, they're angelic messengers. 
making a difference in someone else's life. You see, God may place angels and messengers in our lives to guide us, but God also calls us to be similar messengers, to offer hope in a weary and broken world. And I'm here to tell you that you guys are doing a great job offering some hope in a weary world. Lately, it seems like everywhere I go in the community, somebody wants to bring up to me the warming station. I'm so glad your church is doing that. And you know what? I've heard it from folks my age who would be described as nuns and duns who have had their faith restored because they see the church doing what Jesus actually said to do. You're offering hope. You're being God's messengers. Let's keep offering those messages to our world. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, when our lives are uncertain and we find ourselves beholden to fear and anxiety, God, you you place the folks in our lives. You send messengers to guide us. God, may, this, may we this Advent season identify those instances and those people that you've placed among us to move us along our way. God, and may we answer and heed the call to be a messenger to someone else, to offer hope for the hopeless. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen.